Welcome to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. I'm your host, Candace Sampson. We are almost there, ladies, as we officially enter the home stretch of 2020. And it's only 20 days till Christmas, but we have reason to actually celebrate today because today is bathtub party day. I don't make these ridiculous holidays. I just share them. But if there was ever a year to have a party in a tub, it's this year. So while you go draw yourself a warm bath, turn up today's show because I have an incredible lineup of women here to entertain, educate, and enlighten us all, starting with the lovely Amanda Alvaro from Pomp and Circumstance PR and CBC's Power and Politics. Amanda joins me to help keep us all calm when it comes to the COVID-19 vaccine. There are massive logistics to figure out, of course, but the bottom line is that we have procured enough vaccines for every Canadian citizen. So let's all take a deep breath and listen to the facts that Amanda brings to the show this week. What would compel someone to try and make a name for themselves in the cosmetic industry? An industry that's already brimming with competitors, many of which have deep pockets? Lorelai Hummel from Cali Essentials shares why she felt she had to jump in and start an all-natural, nutrient-rich skincare line and how she competes with some of the biggest players out there. Anne Brody, our entertainment contributor, brought me a horror movie this week, and knowing how much I hate horror movies, I knew there must have been a reason she decided to share Freaky starring Vince Vaughn with me. There is, and now I can't wait to see it. Plus, she has holiday shows to keep us blissfully counting the days until Christmas. There is a clear link between mind and body when it comes to our health, which means in 2020 we have to be extra attentive to the damage stress could be causing. Andrea Donsky from NaturallySavvy.com joins me to share what stress can do and the benefits of including pre- and probiotics in your diet. Allie Payne, what she said's resident expert on all things to do with teenagers, wants you to take a minute to reset expectation with your teens now for the upcoming holiday season and give them the space to grieve what they'll be missing this year. Finally, keeping spirits bright this holiday season is going to be challenging with social distancing mandates in effect, a worrisome economy, and loneliness affecting us all, which is why I saved the icing on the cake until last this week. Dr. Andrea DiNardo, psychology professor, speaker, and retired psychologist who applies positive psychology to facilitate personal growth, joins me to share her best tips for surviving and thriving through holiday 2020. It's another great show here at What She Said Talk. Let's get going. There is hope on the horizon with COVID vaccines showing great promise in making this pandemic a distant memory, hopefully by late 2021. The monumental task of figuring out the logistics of delivering the vaccine to Canadians and in what order is now in motion, but not without the standard cries of mismanagement from opposing political parties and hysterical headlines from media outlets, which leads to a lot of hand-wringing for already stressed out Canadians. Joining me to discuss the realities of the COVID-19 vaccine and hopefully help keep our feet firmly planted on the ground is Amanda Alvaro, founder of Toronto PR agency Pomp and Circumstance and regular commentary on CBC's Power and Politics. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you for having me. Okay, so let's start for a second with the fact that Canada doesn't have the facilities to produce the vaccine within our own country. That seemed to create a whole lot of hysterics this past week. So there's a couple of things. We have two manufacturers in the country. Uh, Those are smaller manufacturers that the government invested in. They're probably a good year, maybe more away from a vaccine. But the big guys, the ones that we all hear about, the big pharmas, the Pfizer's and the Moderna's, they are located elsewhere. And that could be in the UK or Germany or US. 
And frankly, there was no way for any of them to set up shop in a few short months. That's just not the way it goes. And that industry, that manufacturing of vaccines or pharma industry hasn't been prevalent in Canada for many years. In fact, many of those shut down, you know, over a decade ago during the Harper era. Right. So this wasn't uh, just Trudeau suddenly, you know, closed these all down and it's his fault that they're not there. They just weren't there to begin with. This wasn't something we anybody anticipated, right? Exactly. It's it's like the entire pandemic, right? It's everything has been unprecedented and certainly the need for, I mean, we will undertake the biggest vaccine distribution in Canadian history. Nobody could have predicted that. Nobody could have anticipated that. And the industry, you know, while we're able to procure, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in a moment from all over the world, we simply didn't have a manufacturing industry in place in Canada. Right. I remember speaking with Elizabeth May a couple of months ago, and she said as well, you know, that uh, being out on the scene trying to procure PPE and things like vaccine and all this, it was a battle for for every country, you know, every man sort of for themselves out there. This hasn't been an easy task for anybody. And I don't think any government would have done any better than another. No, but actually our government, if you if you kind of stack us up against governments around the world, we have more procured doses per person than any other country in the world. So if you don't have a manufacturing plant in Canada, what do you do? Well, you go out, you look around the world. In our case, we we signed contracts with seven different pharmas for seven different types of vaccines, giving us the equivalent of 10 doses per person so that every single citizen could be vaccinated. That's what you have to do uh, in order to make sure that not only the vaccine is in place, but all of the equipment, all of the necessities for 13 different healthcare systems are in place. So it is a logistical nightmare. But if you're stacking us against other countries, I would say that, you know, we're at the top of the list. The Economist wrote an article uh, last week and it looked at every country and how they stack up against one another. And Canada was right there at the top, above the US, above the UK, above China, above countries who are investing a lot of dollars into the vaccine. Right. So that puts us in a good position then. So there's no need to be hysterical. So when we're looking at, so, you know, uh, what's happening in parliament right now. And, uh, you know, again, I, I feel like this is manufactured hysteria looking mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, sling mud, uh, you know, maybe they couldn't get that wee scandal to stick. So now we're going to maybe get something else to, to stick. Uh, I'm not necessarily sticking up for one government. I mean, it is the job obviously of the opposition to hold the, the, the other party, um, you know, uh, accountable. But that mm-hmm. being said, do you think a lot of this is just, um, you know, again, creating chaos where it's not necessary? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the challenges, of course, the opposition party is there to hold the government accountable. What they're not there to do is create panic and anxiety amongst already panicked and anxious Canadians. And I think that when you, it's an egregious thing to do, um, especially when it's unwarranted. We're in an excellent position to vaccinate all of our citizens. Uh, I think the the health minister came out a couple of days ago and says, said, we're looking at a full vaccination for as many Canadians want it by the fall of next year. That's an incredible timeline. Um, We are not even in a place where Health Canada has approved vaccines yet. So it's very difficult for the government to provide an accurate assessment of when those first vaccines will be in place. And honestly, irresponsible if they did that. You imagine they say, well, you know, we're going to start vaccinating in January. Health Canada hasn't approved the final product yet. I think you need that approval before you can start talking about a rollout. So I think the government has been, you know, A, they've been at the top of the list, early adopters and making sure that we have the vaccine. And B, they've been really responsible when it comes to making sure that Canadians have accurate information, not promising too early, waiting for the appropriate approvals to be in place. But when the opposition parties creates, you know, what you described as manufactured hysteria, 
just an, in my opinion, a really irresponsible thing to do when people are already so anxious about the pandemic, about the second wave that we're in, and about looking forward to 2021 as the light at the end of the tunnel and just wanting some good news. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not counting down till Christmas. I am counting down till New Year's right now. I can't wait for 2021 to start. Uh, so where should, where do you think then that Canadians should be looking so that, you know, because every day, you know, the media as well, you know, I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. We want you to click on that headline. Um, so where can people go to sort of get the facts and really just understand what's happening uh, so that they can stay calm? You know, obviously this isn't going to happen next month. We still have a little bit more to go here. Uh, so where do you think people should go? Well, you know, I think if you want the most accurate information, go to the government websites. Um, and I think that that's where you'll find that information. I think that the you know media is trying to keep up and they're trying to do as, as good a job as possible of telling the story, but their job is to tell a full story. And that includes, um, uh, you know, narratives and, and storylines that the opposition is putting forward. So I think you, if you read enough um, and you're reading reputable publications and you're listening to shows like yours, you're getting... The, the appropriate information. Um, but I do think going to a government website is the best thing to do. Listen, what we know is that a lot of these vaccines are in their final phases. So we'll be hearing a ton about uh, those vaccines in their final phase trial over the course of December. You'll want to be paying attention to Health Canada because Health Canada will be talking about the approval of that final phased trials of each of those leading vaccine manufacturers. That will happen likely in December or early January. So a lot of big news. And then I think that you'll expect the government either at the end of this year or the very early part of next year talking about the rollout for vaccines. So you'll have more information province by province about what that could look like for you and your family. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are, are you know, questioning how is that going to roll out? I mean, it would seem to me, obviously, the fr frontline workers will probably be the first uh, to to receive that vaccination. Uh, but there was just uh, a military leader I read yesterday, and his name is escaping me, who is, is in charge of all of this now, right? Uh, rolling it out. Yeah, so there's, I mean, the interesting thing about Canada is because we have 13 different healthcare systems, there isn't one way of rolling it out. Each province will lead each of their provinces rollout. Um, and while there will be a federal oversight, and there's certainly been, uh, you know, all of the contracts have been led by the federal government, um, everything from the needles and the swabs and the alcohol and things that are required in order to deliver the vaccines have been procured by the government. But how it rolls out in each province will differ province to province. So all of the premiers will have more to say on that. All of the health ministers in each of the provinces and territories will have more to say on that. And certainly, you know, the, the opposition party is doing their role in keeping the government accountable and will require the government to talk about this probably every day until a vaccine <laughs> is in the arms of Canadians. Yes, we will be exhausted by the time this is all done next year, I'm sure, uh, but because we are going to hear about it. So I think it's important to just stay calm and know that it is coming. Uh, and obviously, I think that the government is working in our best interests uh, to ensure we all get this in a timely manner. Not only is it coming, but I think, you know, I think the what I would say and, and I hope is reassuring is that, you know, there are some countries with a manufacturing plant right in their country who have procured only a small percentage of their population's vaccines. That means that small percentage will get the vaccines and then it'll be shipped elsewhere to places like Canada. Um, and, you know, that puts our citizens in a in a very good position. The fact that the government has thought about not just vaccinating a few, but vaccinating everyone and procuring enough vaccinations or those who want it, enough vaccinations to vaccinate as many Canadians as those who want it. And I think that that's really an important part of the equation for Canadians to know that the government has thought through not only how to get our front healthcare workers and the most vulnerable vaccinated, which will likely come first, but how to make sure that every single Canadian gets that vaccine if they so wish. I think the final thing I would say is it doesn't matter where it comes from. It matters that you get it, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, that will be the next battle, I'm sure. So we'll have you back another time to talk about that. Amanda, you're always a voice of reason. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me.
More with Candace Sampson and what she said coming up on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to What She Said with Candace Sampson on 105.9 The Region. Joining me now for another round of entertainment is Ann Brody. And Ann, you are keeping the holiday spirit alive this week with a brand new one from Mariah Carey. Well, Mariah Carey is a very smart woman. She learned early on in her career that if you put out Christmas content, you're set for life. You're relevant every year. You get money every year. And all I want for Christmas is is you is now in its 16th year on the Billboard holiday chart. It is an incredible song. I love that song. I don't know what to tell you. It's a yeah. great song. It, yeah. it, it's it. It doesn't get it doesn't get old. So, well, she's smart in a lot of ways. That's for sure. So she's got now Mariah Carey's magical Christmas special on Apple TV, and they haven't allowed us to see it yet. But there's a lot of big names: Jennifer Hudson, Snoop Dogg. If you think he's big, uh, <laughs> I love Tiffany Snoop Dogg. I do too. I think Martha really loves them though. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so she is the queen of Christmas. Santa's having problems up in the North Pole and only she can fix them. So that's the, the hanger on which the whole special hangs. So I think it's going to be really fun. I mean, the clip's great. So go Mariah, you are one smart cookie. And they filmed this in 2020, correct? Like, yeah. Yeah. So that must yeah. have been challenging too, trying to film all Everything that. Everything I'm watching now, I'm wondering how are they filming this in 2020? Either they're being really clever with the social distancing or they're cheating. So I, I, unfortunately, it's kind of clouding my my judgment of the film. Okay. So you know, well, let's but let's move on then. We're, we're going to find out more probably about that in, in the in the next coming months. But let's talk about Mank. Mank is uh, really ambitious, big far-reaching biopic on Herman J. Mankiewicz, who was the screenwriter on Citizen Kane. Now, I'm going to tell you that Citizen Kane was nominated for nine Oscars. It only won one, and that was for Mank's screenplay. Orson Welles told him that he would write it, but he would not get a credit. Can you believe it? So this this is his sort of boozy retreat into writing the thing. He has nurses with him. He's an alcoholic uh, to watch his intake of, of booze. And he has uh, Louis B. Mayer on his case. He's, he's, and he's very witty, very sarcastic and cutting. He winds up at San, San Simeon for a big dinner with all his uh, career bosses, including William Randolph Hearst. And he makes a fool out of himself because he's so drunk. And that of course was the end of his support. But, you know, good ending. He won the award and he went on to make a lot more, uh, write a lot more screenplays. Okay, listen, so, I want to I want to talk to you. Oh, Gary about, Oldman, Gary Oldman. Oh, Gary Oldman. Great, great actor, by the way, too. Uh, I want to yeah. talk to you a little bit about uh, Freaky because you know that I hate horror shows. So when I saw you, oh, yeah. this, when you put this in this week's lineup, I thought, eh, what's Anne up to? What's she doing? Uh, I have to tell you. I laughed out loud, but also I was delighted by Vince Vaughn's acting. I, I've always found him rather one-dimensional, sort of the same in every movie. Um, it seems like he's stretched a little bit in this movie. Well, here's the thing. He plays a serial killer, the butcher, who's hounding Blissfield, which is an idealized suburban town full of rich people. And he comes after a young girl who's kind of a loser on the football field late at night. They have a confrontation. Somehow, sci-fi, they switch bodies. So he is now looking like Vince Vaughn, the butcher, but he's a teenage girl. So he's he's really kind of putting it on, but not in a silly way, in a really convincing way. Yeah, that's what I got. And of course, she's now really tough and murderous. So it's a fun little story. I really, really like it. It's in theaters now. And I just wanted to remind people that it's there and it is so worthwhile. And, and, and you know, knowing how things are going, it will be obviously available for streaming very fast as well, I suspect. Anything else you want to touch on this weekend? 
Uh, Black Bear. It's a film with Sarah Gaddon, who's Canadian and a real hero. She was Grace and alias Grace. Uh, Aubrey Plaza and another fellow who I didn't really know until now called uh, Christopher Abbott. So it's in chapters. The first chapter, uh, Plaza is a writer, a guest at this uh, retreat run by Sarah and her husband. Um, they fight all the time. Their marriage kind of begins to dissolve and and Aubrey gets in on it. Then there's a second chapter where her husband is played by this guy. She's an actor making a film called Black Bear and Sarah's sort of a side character. It's a really clever interplay and sort of meta thing. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. It's uh, dramatic and, and scary and, and kind of deep. I was surprised. I'm sorry, where is that again, Anne? On VOD and digital. Okay, and I just want to let people know that you have, uh, I think, what might be perhaps the most extensive list of holiday movies on this week's um, blog post. So I want to remind people that they can go and find this every week on what she said talk.com, where you list your reviews and then a whole uh, slew of other shows to keep everybody amused. Uh, oh, thanks, home. Candace. That's okay. great. It's holiday season now, but I'll also do festivals and other things. So wonderful. Thank Thanks so much, Ann. See you next week. hard to be a little fish in a big pond when you're an entrepreneur, especially when you're in a market that is crowded with competitors all fighting over valuable consumer dollars. The value of the cosmetics market in particular is expected to reach around 15.8 billion US dollars in 2021 in Canada, with major players in the industry taking a large chunk of that. My next guest, Lorelai Hummel, started her own skincare formulation journey 10 years ago in search of a natural formula that would be effective at combating her adult acne, and now shares her brand, Cali Essentials, with Canadian women. Welcome to the show, Lorelai. Thank you. So I have to ask, what compelled you to jump into this market? I mean, let's face it, it is very competitive. It is super crowded. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I, I don't know that I put a lot of thought to just how much competition was out there. Uh, more thought to the fact that I couldn't find a product that wasn't um, drying my skin out as I was aging. I was in my 40s when um, I was really struggling with my adult acne. And so I just sort of dove in and did it without putting a lot of thought to just how much competition is out there. Of course, I had lots of people along the way tell me, do you know how much competition there is? <laughs> um, but I just thought if I put too much, if I think too much about that, um, it will incite fear in me and prevent me from taking the leap. Yeah, I think that, you know that a lot for a lot of entrepreneurs, that is what they, they do is they don't, uh, they just jump in and start. Yep. Doing, otherwise, you might never do it, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Get okay, analysis. so let's talk about the pro let's talk a little bit about the products you use then. Um, so um, why did you want to do all natural? Um, because I knew that the chemicals that I were putting on my skin just wasn't good for me. And your skin is your largest organ. So if it's telling you that it's dried out, that it's sore, um, something else is going on inside of you too. I I really felt like I needed to do something that was feeding my skin and not having something silently going on inside my body that wasn't serving me. Okay. So tell me then about some of the, um, what you use in your skincare line. So uh, I am an aromatherapist. I'm internationally certified. So I, I do use essential oils in all of my products, as well as hydrosols, which are the co-product of the distillation of essential oil. That component is probably pretty unique to me, um, as well as all of the peptides that are available in the big brands, because science is fantastic as well, but you can have natural and have science. 
and combat the two. My clear and correct line is probably the one that I'm most proud of because it was the hardest to formulate napne skin. Okay. And now how do you get in front of consumers then? How are you getting women to notice you? So initially it was old school. I mean, this is 10 years ago, so things have changed a whole lot. Um, We've we've had a lot of quantum leaps uh, forward in terms of technology in the last 10 years, but it it was old school. It was um, doing house parties and um, getting somebody to like my product and them referring to a friend and so on. And that's really how it began. And now, of course, it's very much about understanding what goes on behind the scenes in terms of algorithms and search engine optimization with my websites and Etsy, etc. You know, there's a lot of technical focus on that now, but still very much I will have people come to me through my website that is a new order, a new person. But when I dig down deep, there's a connection through somebody who's used my product before. So you're still Often. getting a lot of co- consumers then from that very powerful word of mouth. Very, absolutely. And it is the foundation on which um, I was able to move forward. Okay. So are you available? Is your product available in stores? Or are you 100% online? I'm 100% online with the exception of a few of my remedy products um, that are in a, a couple of um, chiropractic locations um, and my mask spray, which is at Philistines in downtown Toronto on Queen Street. Um, but the reason for that is because my products are nutrient dense. So while they're natural, they're also nutrient dense. A lot of times you will have a natural product, which is by and large fillers and or water. I don't do that. So in order to have a nutrient dense product that doesn't cost a fortune, I have to take out the middle person. Okay. So tell me then as we're heading, we have about, you know, 60 seconds left here going into 2021. What are your plans? My plans are to keep on moving forward with my website, which is really exploding. And I'm getting orders in from all across Canada. So that's really about social media, staying on top of that, um, offering new products and staying connected with my existing customers. Okay, wonderful. So if people want to find your website, then learn more about your products or connect with you, where can they do that? They can find me at Cali, C-A-L-L-I-S-K-I-N, CaliSkin.com or at Cali Essentials on Instagram. Wonderful. Lorelai, thank you so much. I wish you uh, all the best of luck in 2021 uh, with uh, your products. Thanks so much. Appreciate your time. No, I've still got a lot of value left in me. Stick around. More What She Said with Candace Sampson coming up on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to What She Said with Candace Sampson on 105.9 The Region. is clear when it comes to the connection between mind and body, which means there is no way that the stress of 2020 isn't wreaking havoc on Canadians everywhere, particularly women who are carrying a very heavy load this year. Andrea Donsky is a registered holistic nutritionist and founder of NaturallySavvy.com, a multiple award-winning website. With 20 years experience in the health and wellness space, Andrea joins me today as an ambassador for New Roots Herbal to discuss the importance of diet on our mental health and the benefits of probiotics. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Thank you for having me, Candice. So nice to see you and speak to you. So tell me then, so let's talk about first off the connect, the, the importance of, a di- of our diet right now, mm. especially when we're so stressed. Yeah, I mean, it is now it is more important than ever that we incorporate food, fruits and vegetables. I mean, fruits and vegetables have those vitamins and minerals that we so need, right? So the vitamins help us grow and they help us resist infection and the minerals help our body function. So we want to make sure we're getting whole unprocessed foods, those lean meats, you want, you know, fish, yummy, <laughs> chicken, you know, uh, even, even steak, a good grass fed organic beef is amazing. 
So you want to make sure that you're making good choices. So avoiding things like trans fats. So the bad oils that cause inflammation in our body. We want to make sure we stick to good fats like avocado oil and olive oil and coconut oil. I love. And even, you know, something I just learned about recently, Candice is sustainable Malaysian palm fruit oil. I don't know if you've ever tried that. No, I, no, actually, you're educating me right now. I've never heard of it. So what so, is it called again? So it's sustainable Malaysian palm oil. So it's basically palm oil from Malaysia. And the reason why it's sustainable is because they produce it sustainably. So there's no harm to wildlife or to any animals in the process. And what's so nice about it is, is that it has this beautiful red color. So it has carotenoids in it. And carotenoids are great for our immune health, but they're also great for our eyes or good for our skin. So it's got like here, I'm actually, I have some here right now. I was just saying to you, I was just finished doing a TV segment. So I actually have some on the table. Isn't that gorgeous? Yeah, so it's, it's a nice bright like red. Gorgeous, bright color. So yeah, so good fats are really, really important. Avoiding those trans fats, which we know are really bad for our heart. They're bad for our brain. So good fats, think good fats, good for brain health, energy, heart health, and so many other things. And I have to admit, I mean, I'm the worst offender right now. I am reaching for potato chips and, and M&Ms and chocolates, those, those stress things, but they're only, they're only good in the short term and they're not really giving me the benefits I need. <laughs> well, they might be good because you're thinking, ah, it's making me feel good right now. But of course, I mean, listen, I wrote a book called Undrank Your Junk Food in 2011 now. So it's, it was a while ago. And so I'm all for understanding we want to eat things that are going to make us feel better, right? So having that junk food. But if you are going to eat it, just try to pick better options, right? So if you're going to have those potato chips, try to pick ones that don't have MSG or monosodium glutamate, glutamate in it, right? So that it's just making healthier choices. And I think that goes for everything that we're putting in our body now is just those healthier choices or what's going to feed us. It's going to nourish our bodies. It's going to help keep our stress levels down and it's going to keep our bodies functioning properly so that it can fight off certain things. Well, I listen, I know for sure that there's a connection between stress and our bodies. I mean, my stomach yeah. gets so upset when I'm super stressed. I want to talk to you about the probiotics though, because that is super beneficial for us. So maybe before we jump in, let's talk about the difference between a probiotic and a prebiotic. Yeah, so a prebiotic is basically food for probiotics and probiotics are good bacteria that live in our gut. So we've got trillions of bacteria. I mean, we have, so we're made up more of, more of bacteria than we are of anything else, right? So we have more bacteria than cells in our body. So that's what, that's pretty much what it is in a nutshell is good bacteria, probiotics. And then when we think of prebiotics, it's food that feeds that good bacteria so it can flourish in our gut. Okay, so we're looking to get both into our system, correct? Yeah, exactly. So you can get both. You can take it as a supplement form or you can even eat prebiotic rich fruits, like for example, bananas, right? Or resistant starch. So those contain prebiotics or soluble fiber. All of that will feed those good bacteria. So what are the benefits then of probiotics in our system? What does that do for us? So we all, so... In our gut, if we think of our gut as this system, think of it as a circle, right? Or a balance. And then when we have stress in our lives, so we've got, let's say this is the good and this is the bad, right? So when we've got stress in our life, our lives, the bad goes up just a little bit. And then if we smoke, it goes up a little bit more. And if we take antibiotics, there it goes. So it, what happens is it starts to become like this imbalance of the good to bad bacteria in our gut. And we really need it to be balanced because when it becomes more bad than good, that's when we start to have some issues like digestive issues or immune issues, right? So the nice thing about probiotics that live in our gut, we now know that 70% of our immune system is actually in our gut. So that's why we need to make sure that our gut and our digestion is always functioning properly. Hence, going back to what we said about eating good, healthy food, unprocessed food. So our body is functioning properly and it knows what to do with all of that good food. What's the best way to get probiotics into your system then? Is so it you can diet? Do yeah, so you can definitely do it by diet. So you can eat foods that are fermented like kimchi and miso and tempeh. So you've probably heard of those foods. Those are all probiotic rich foods. You can also take prebiotics, like we said, for example, like the banana, like that, 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 um, prebiotic or resistant starch. So you can have foods like that or looking for soluble fiber. There's a great product called sun fiber. That's a soluble fiber. That is that prebiotic that again, is going to feed that good bacteria, or you can take it by a supplement. So like, if you feel that you need more, so a lot of people do really well on just eating food that contain the probiotics, but there's also supplements. If you feel you need a little bit of extra help or a little bit of extra care, for example, you just went through a round of antibiotics. Well, I highly recommend taking a, a probiotic that has, you know, over a hundred billion and CFUs, which are going to replenish again, that good bacteria, right? Because what, what do antibiotics do? They kill good, the good bacteria in our gut. So you want to put that back in. But you know, for myself, you know, I'm a big 
big believer in taking a daily probiotic only because I see the difference for me mentally. So probiotics we know are great for immune health. We know they're great for digestion. We also know now because of the vagus nerve, that's the nerve that goes from our brain to our gut. So if our brain's upset, then our gut's upset. If our gut's upset, our brain's upset, right? So you know like, oh, I have butterflies. I'm nervous. I'm doing something, right? So that we now know that there is that connection. So having our gut supported because 70% of our, even a lot of our, most of our serotonin now, we know that is made in our gut, right? So again, it's that whole connection between that vagus nerve, that highway. So think of it, they're constantly communicating. So we want to make sure that we have a good amount of that bacteria in our gut. So taking a daily probiotic, if you feel like you're super stressed, or if you have IBS, or if you're going in for a treatment, you're going to the hospital, like there are different reasons why you might need it. If you're over 40, we make less as we get older, right? So different reasons why you might want to have a probiotic. For me, it's all about mental health though. I 100% believe that my anxiety is curbed when I'm taking my daily probiotic. And I take about 50 billion CFUs a day. Okay, so now if you go in to pick up a probiotic, what are we looking for then? <laughs> well, so it's so you can get them in health food stores. You can really get them anywhere now. Probiotics are sold. What's great about it is I remember when I first started in the industry, and like you said, 20 years ago, people kind of knew what a probiotic war, was, but they weren't 100% sure. So you can go into health food stores or your regular grocery stores. A lot of them will have probiotics. But I work, like you mentioned, off the top with a company called New Roots Herbal. I'm an ambassador for them. And they are sold strictly through health food stores. So you can walk into a health food store, tell them you're looking for a New Roots Herbal probiotic. They have a whole line, which what's nice about New Roots is they have an entire line of probiotics for different conditions. So for example, if you just came off a round of antibiotics, you can go into the health food store and say, I'm looking for a New Roots Herbal, the one that's specific for just coming off antibiotics or specific for colon care or IBS or whatever it is you're looking for. And they're sold in the refrigerated section of the health food store. So they because they go through health food stores, the staff and the owners are educated on their products so they can help them out from that, from that standpoint. So it's important to keep that product also in your refrigerator when you get home. A hundred percent. That's a fabulous point. So yeah. So the new roots herbals, all new roots herbal, all of their probiotics are refrigerated. So when you get home from the store, put them into the refrigerator right away. What happens? And the reason why they put them in the refrigerator is because the probiotic lays dormant until it actually gets to your gut and their probiotics are enteric coated, meaning that it's covered properly the entire, even where, you know, the capsules come together and normally that's kind of the weakest point, not so with enteric coating, it actually protects it fully so that we know that the gut, the probiotics are guaranteed to make it to your gut. Yeah. Because the, the acid in your stomach would eat away at that, uh, that pill coating, correct? If it wasn't exactly. enteric coated, so you want it to get to where it needs to go. Exactly. That's the key. Well, that's the key. A lot of it will break down sooner, right? Or not get to where it needs to go. But it, think about it. You put something in your mouth and by the time it kind of makes its way down to your gut, that's how far away it needs to go. You know, it's, it's a kind of, it's far where it has to go. So you want to make sure that it's guaranteed to get there and having something that's enteric coated will, will ensure that it gets, gets, gets to where it needs to go. Okay, Andrea, I want to have you back on the show because you're just a wealth of information. It's <laughs> just this little Thank bit you. about probiotics. So you need to come back. Uh, if, people, if people want to connect with you, uh, where can they find you? So I'm on Instagram on at Andrea Donsky. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook at Andrea Donsky RHN because of the holistic nutritionist. And then also my website, naturallysavvy.com. So that's two L's, two V's.com. And for more information on New Roots Herbal, you can go to their website, which is newrootsherbal.ca. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me. This was great. Thank you for having me. teen relationship can be strained at the best of times, but in December, especially this December, <laughs> with more stresses than usual on parents and kids, it can be especially trying. Yes. Joining me now to discuss how to get through the holidays joyfully is Allie Payne, our expert on all things teen. Welcome to the show, Allie. Thank you, Candace, so much. This so, is such a challenging year. Oh, wow. You know, I... I yeah, it really is. And, and this December feels a little bit surreal. Uh, it so does. For our teens, it must really feel weird. Yeah, you know, okay, I'm going to just out myself for a second. Um, I am a bad moms fan. 
I have an inner Mila Kunis in here. It's okay. I know I don't look like it. It's fine. It's fine. I get that. Um, and I know if you haven't watched Bad Moms 2, it can be very vulgar. I get that. But there is a wonderful point of this movie, which yes, we actually just watched this past weekend. That was such a wonderful reminder. There's a point in the movie where Mila says in her character, she says something to the effect of, but if all of this tradition and all of these things we're doing doesn't fit for who we are, then why are we forcing ourselves to do them? And so there's that perspective, okay? Because I think this year being so odd, so few families traveling, so few get togethers, that it's an opportunity to redefine what do you want Christmas to be like? What do your kids, what do your teens want Christmas to feel like, okay? So that's one topic around redefining what that looks like. Then there's another side which is what's missing. And if we don't honor and acknowledge that, we have got nothing but a big hot mess. Right. Especially for our teens who want so desperately to have a Christmas experience that's opening the presents and the fun stuff and all of that. And for the truly ingrained, richly loved traditions that might not happen or look at all the same this year, we need to acknowledge that too. And I think we have to also re remind ourselves that, you know, a lot of parents are going to be feeling a financial crunch. Yes. The uh, typical gifts may not be there. It's also mm -hmm. difficult to get the gifts. The, if you didn't order a month ago, you're not likely <laughs> going to get it in time. Uh, right. You know, getting into the stores is hard. It's so, you know, maybe is there, should we be setting up expectations? Yes. Yes. Managing expectations is the first place to start. I will tell you personally that my husband and I have definitely felt the crunch this year with changes in business and, and how that looks. We sat our teenagers down. They are a little older. They're 17 and 19. And we were very clear with them. This is what has happened. This is what it looks like. And this is what we're going to have to do. And that was prior to Christmas. So we have an agreement coming into Christmas, letting they know we're working hard and there's good things coming, but financially day to day things are the same. And so we've agreed to do kicking it old school. They don't know what that is, but we're going to tell them. And we are just doing stockings. And so we're doing activities together tomorrow night. We're going to make chocolates at a local place. We're doing smaller activities and only stockings. And they're good with that. And let me talk about the other side for one quick sec. We also need to remember it's okay for them to feel sad, ripped off, cheated. It is okay for that. And we need to make a space to talk about what we all miss because anger is part of grieving. And this year, as much as a simpler Christmas from a mom's perspective might feel like the holy grail, there is grieving involved and we need to honor and acknowledge that too definitely managing expectations. Yeah, I think that's the big one. I mean, nobody wants to wake up to a, uh, a surprise on Christmas morning and especially not a pleasant surprise, uh, <laughs> no. you know, if it's completely changed from the year before. Um, any right. suggestions on how to make it a little more joyful for everybody? Yes. So doing things together. We decorated our house last weekend before December even, and we made sure we did it together. We are going to do some different local free adventures around town to discover new things and things that put us all in beginner shoes. So no one person is an expert. We're going to do a little bit of snowshoeing. We're going to do a little bit of cross-country skiing. We're going to try these things that we can do here. And we're each going to pick a movie and have a movie day. Things like that that are a little bit Griswold, but not because there's no many, not 20 people in a tiny house with too many lights so that we practice connection while having fun and honor each other's need for alone time and space in this very unusual year. Well, you know, I think you just hit the nail on the head. I think we've had more together time than we want. <laughs> Since March, the longest spring break in history, yes. So yeah. I think uh, what you said about creating the connection, but also giving the space that everybody needs yes. through this holiday uh, in their own way, because it is mm -hmm. going to be a different year for sure. Yeah. And really allowing space for, for kids to feel angry and sad because it's a part of grief. They're not being pissy. They're not being bad or they're acting out. It's a part of grief. And we all need to allow ourselves to have that space. 
Okay. So if people want to connect with you, Allie, um, and uh, you know, you, I know you just started a challenge. I joined I it, did. uh, but you know, if people want to find you and, and, and work with you, where can they go? Um, best place is my website, www.alliepain.com, A-L-Y-P-A-I-N.com or Instagram at AllyPain, A-L-Y-P-A-I-N. And my link for the five-day challenge is in my bio. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Allie. Thank you. More with Candace Sampson and what she said coming up on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to What She Said with Candace Sampson on 105.9 The Region. Keeping spirits bright this holiday season is going to be challenging with social distancing mandates in effect, a worrisome economy, and loneliness affecting us all. Dr. Andrea DiNardo is a psychology professor, speaker, and retired psychologist who applies positive psychology to facilitate personal growth and transformational change. In her TEDx talk and on her psychology blog, she discusses how to thrive under pressure using three stress resilience tools, challenge, commitment, and control, a framework for self-actualization used throughout her psychology seminars. Welcome to what she said, Andrea. Thanks for having me. It's great to see you. It's good to have you back. So you have sort of a little bit of a a framework to help us get through the holidays. Uh, So what's the first one? Well, the first one is to really take back control. Because one thing that we feel out of control with the pandemic, and we, uh, we do have a choice. We have a choice as to, you know, do you want to celebrate the holidays? Do you, in fact, want to enjoy the holidays? And if you do, how can you make it personal to you? And part of the control aspect of the holidays is the idea that this is a chance to actually reimagine your holidays in ways that you've never imagined before. Because the thing about holidays, it's something that tends to be very imposed by tradition. And every single tradition right now, Candace, is out the door. Yeah. And, and I love that you, you know, one of the things you said was to give yourself permission to take the year off. I mean, if that works for you, why not? Right? Absolutely. And what I find too, when I, it's reverse psychology and the idea that when you have a choice, you can sit back and think, you know what, do I want it or not want it? So choice empowers. Okay. What's your next tip then? You have something for re-examining your holiday beliefs. Right, exactly. So because COVID pandemic 2020 is so different than ever before, how you go into the holidays will have a lot to do with what you believe about the pandemic in general. So if you see the pandemic as temporary, which it is, not all, like storms don't last forever. If you look at it as a temporary, then this is an opportunity for you to be with your bubble in new and intimate ways. Versus somebody that sees COVID as going on forever, they're going to experience hopelessness, learn helplessness, and it's just going to be one more thing on their plate. So once again, there's something called the ABC model of cognitive psychology, and the A stands for an antecedent. So all of us have the shared antecedent of COVID. It's 100% universal around the world. And we tend to forget that because it's easy to get lost in our individual interpretation. And that's real because we have to survive. But this is an opportunity, once again, to take a step back and look at your belief, which is ABC, your belief about the antecedent. So if you see it as temporary, this is an opportunity for you to do Candace and your, and your girls and, your, and who's ever in your bubble to say, you know what, if this is the only year, only year ever that we can't travel, then how can we do all the things that we would have done traveling, but make it at home? Okay. I really like that you, you, you hone in on the, the reminder that this is a temporary state. I, I, you know, nine or almost 10 months into this now, for sure, people are feeling like it's going to drag on forever, but it's, it, it is good to remind people that the light is there. We can see it. We just have to, uh, to, you know, hang on just a little bit longer here. Right. And, and I'll just tell you one way that can help you do that. Candace, if you look back on your life and you've been in, 
your own personal pandemic. And when you're in it, it feels like it's gonna last forever. But now when you look back two years ago, even 10 years ago, when you were in school, whatever it was, having your kids, childbirth, I can imagine in childbirth, that felt like it was gonna go on forever. But now when you look back, it's like a blink of an eye. So if you got through those things, you will get through this. And obviously the idea of having vaccination around the corner certainly helps. Okay, wonderful. So we've got about a minute left. Anything okay. really, uh, you know, that you else would like to, that you would like to emphasize for people? I would encourage all of us, Candace, you, me, everybody listening, to reflect on the true meaning of, of Christmas and holidays. And ultimately, it's about love and support and family. And each of us has a love language. And from what I can see, active service is one of yours, Candace. Oh, You're absolutely. Baking, yeah. Right? Words of affirmation are mine. You'll see all over social media, I leave comments because that's my way of showing love. So we can show love in very global ways that we could, like everything's ramped up and in individual ways that are tailored to your love strength. So acts of service, words of affirmation, any of the five love languages. Make it like emphasize it and focus on what truly matters. And even the one act of love, you know, is receiving gifts, but that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be something uh, consumer-based. It could be, you know, something you make, right? Like You're baking. I want to be your neighbor. <laughs> Absolutely not. You know, it's yep. interesting because this is a sketchbook. So even something that you sketch out, take a picture of, send it, make it personal, make everything as personal as you can and tie it into your strengths, your acts of love, acts of service, you know, even words of affirmation, for some people it's physical touch and they live alone. And this is where pets really come in. So they're yeah. all there. We have to be creative. We need to adapt. And Candace, there's no doubt that we are rising to the occasion. And though COVID will be temporary, the strengths that we have will be forever. Oh, I like that. I love that. I love that. So if people want to connect with you, Andrea, where can they find you? You are always, like I say, a beacon of light. So where can they find I you? I appreciate that. DrAndreaDonardo.com. Everything's accessible there. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much, Andrea. This was great. Thank you. Happy holidays. You too. That's it for What She Said for this week. Stay up to date with our newsletter by signing up at WhatSheSaidTalk.com and be sure to follow on social at WhatSheSaidTalk on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for videos of these interviews and more. Finally, be sure to subscribe to What She Said with Candace Sampson on Apple and Spotify for extended podcasts. I'll be back next week with more What She Said on 1077 Pulse FM. Previous episodes of What She Said on 1059theregion.com.